have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me. The Video Nasties podcast has teamed up with Picture House of Facts in Liverpool and Rscreen.com to offer you the chance to see The Evil Dead on the big screen. Tickets are on sale now for the event that's on 30th of April at 6pm. There'll be competitions, an introduction by me and a podcast at the end of the night as well in the bar. For your chance to attend, you need to reserve your seats by the 20th of April. Tickets are on sale now and cost £9. Visit rscreen.com and uh, search for Evil Dead to get your tickets now. Join us. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How how can you judge on a video nasty? Have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. So I launched Netflix and I uh, clicked on the fun house on my list and the universal theme played. You know the one. From another room, my wife shouted, Oh, it's a proper film! Yes, The Fun House. Toby Hooper's Carnival Horror is a proper film. One which many show surprised that it even ended up on the list at all. There are a few reasons why it may be there, and the decisions from the DPP have always been mysterious. But we'll explore them all here. But I personally have my favourite one. Face the challenge of the monster. Who is mad enough to enter that world of darkness? Something is alive in the funhouse. Something not alive like its father. Something better dead. Something that has the form of a human, but not the face. This better be good. It's gonna be great. Something that feeds off the flesh and blood of young innocents. Something that tonight will turn the funhouse into a carnival of terror. Pictures. The Fun House. It's a carnival of terror from Toby Hooper, the director who terrified you with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
The Fun House is a 1981 American horror film directed by Toby Hooper, written by Larry Block, stars Elizabeth Berridge, Kevin Conway, William Finley, uh, Southern Mississippi University football star Cooper Huckabee, and Sylvia Miles, who'd been awarded for uh, a nominated for Academy Award twice. It's about a uh, four teenage come trapped in a, a dark ride at a local carnival and are stalked by a deformed killer. The film actually opens with a masked intruder attacking a, a, a teenage girl called Amy in the showers. But a teenager turns out to be her younger brother. And uh, it's a nod to uh, Halloween and Psycho. Against the father's orders, t- uh, Amy, after this, uh, this little introduction, uh, decides to visit a very sleazy-looking fun fair with her new boyfriend, Buzz her best mate Liz, and Liz's very irresponsible boyfriend, Richie. They smoke weed, look at a strip show, heckle a fortune teller, and uh, visit uh, the uh, freaks elements of the show, and uh, look at a magic show as well. Richie dares the group to uh, spend the night in the fun house. So they settle in and uh, have a wander around the site once it's closed and then see uh, a ride assistant, a man in a Frankenstein suit who never speaks, murder a prostitute. Frightened for their lives, they hide out in this dark ride funhouse. And uh, our man in the Frankenstein mask begins trying to eliminate any witnesses and uh, there becomes a, a murderous rage. Props are used as weapons, and it's a stalk and slash finale. spoken about um, Toby Hooper's career before when we discussed Eaten Alive. This was the film he did between his other horror movies, Salem's Lot and Poltergeist, and it marked a purple patch for the director. Indeed, he'd been asked if he wanted to direct E.T. by Spielberg, but turned it down in favour of this, only then to go forward for for Poltergeist for him. Um, there's not a lot of notable actors in it. Sylvia Miles is probably the, the one that sticks out. Born in 1932. She uh, played the role of Sally in what would become the Dick Van Dyke show. And uh, she appeared in separate episodes of Naked City. She's probably best known for her role in Midnight Cowboy as a hooker on a business holiday who invites Joe Buck up to her apartment for sex, unaware that he's in the same line of business. The role earns her an Oscar nomination in 69, even though she only appears in the screen for six minutes. She uh, got a second nod 
for her slightly larger role, Eight Minutes, for Best Supporting Actress in Farewell, My Lovely from 75. She appeared in Evil Under the Sun as well and Wall Street. Uh, she appears in this as 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 one of the victims, and uh, well, the catalyst victim really for everything that happens afterwards. And uh, it's kind of, and that and it's these kind of unusual roles have made her a cult figure, including the fact that she was uh, friends with Andy Warhol and Paul Morrissey. She used to appear at arrive at any public function she could, which is fantastic. <laughs> Wailing Flowers and his puppet Madame first uttered the widely quoted line that Sylvia Miles and Andy Warhold would attend the opening of a sewer. And of course, the, the classic line that, uh, you know, that uh, Sylvia Miles would attend the opening of an envelope, which is uh, probably better to use still to this day. She still works a bit. Her most recent action roles have included Sex in the City, One Life to Live, Go Go Tales, and a reappraisal of her role from Wall Street in the sequel, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Strike a hard bargain. Okay. But what are you standing around for? I haven't got all night. Hurry. You want to take off the mask? Huh? No? Okay. Hurry. An eager young fellow you are, huh? Hmm? Hmm? How does it feel? Good, huh? Hmm? <laughs> Feels good, huh? Relax. Just relax. Oh, too late. Nothing to be ashamed of. It happens to the best of us. Felt good, huh? Well, of course it felt good. Now you just relax. I know what you're thinking. You want the money back. Too late, my friend. The bargain is a bargain. It's not my fault if you can't control yourself. Leave me alone. I'm going to tell your father. Did you actually think I would let you do it to me, you freak? Be thankful for small favors. Leave me alone or I'll put a curse on you and your own life! For the Funhouse, there was a novelization of the screenplay written by Dean Coots. 
there, the, the famous horror writer, under the pseudonym Owen West. The film production took longer than expected, which is a bit of a trademark of Toby Hooper, to be fair. So the book was really actually released before the film, which gave the impression that the film was based on the book rather than there's this some kind of old-school novelisation. This is a confusion that we've mentioned before with uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, that people kind of think that because the book was released earlier, it wasn't because it, it, it was it wasn't just because it had been commissioned. The uh, soundtrack by John Beale is uh, considered to be a bit of a classic. Now, Beale um, played starts playing the piano at the age of six, um, and was actually uh, highly decorated in the U.S. Marines. He returned to Hollywood as a, a as a musical director and ranger with recording stars Olivia Newton-John for a debut in the U.S. B.B. King, Gladys Knight, Johnny Mathis. And uh, for variety show stars in Ed Sullivan to uh, The Carpenters. He also uh, worked on John Wayne's award-winning uh, Sing Our Sweet Land. He worked doing a lot of uh, original music for TV shows, uh, including Ace Enough and Good Time Girls. Before you know, doing um, zero to sixty for films, um, Terror in the Isles as well, and the, and this movie. Um, after doing this, his real, you know, people what he really became known for was for his trailers. He worked to compose and scores for over two thousand trailers, and his list includes Last Samurai, Star Wars trilogy. True Lies, Patriot Games, uh, Ghost. His um, his work is so good, and it's so known that he made the trailers so good that it's considered that you know he's one of the reasons why these films did so well. Beale was actually quite a badass as well. He was uh, trained as a specialist in weapons of mass destruction. Fought in Vietnam as a door gunner on a Huey gunship. And earned the Marine Corps combat aircrew wings. Fought in over 200 combat missions. He received the Combat Action Ribbon. Along with 8 air medals for bravery. So, he's uh, he wouldn't be a man you want to fuck with, oh my... The actual film that it's filmed on is, um, well, it looks great to be fair. It was filmed in uh, anamorphic Panavision, which gives it a very, um, very impressive and very wide and very cinematic feel, more so than you'd normally expect from a, you know, a horror, particularly one that's, you know, based in a carnival and stuff. You'd normally expect it to be far more uh, sleazy looking than this, but. Hooper's decision was to uh, kind of really bring out the the color and the and and, the, and, and you know and, and and really work with the the variations in darkness and light, and what that means is that uh, you get a, a film that, although uh, based in quite sleazy nature, it does have a, a very bold and very solid look. The downside of that is that when our monster appears, he does look like a man in a rubber mask, which is a, a real problem, and it's something that you can't you know. You, you're not able to hide away from. Uh, by this point, there's a fair old bit of light on the screen, and 
he doesn't look as and you know obviously Hooper really wants you to see his uh, his monstrosity so uh, it doesn't quite have the what you want it to have which it is not the uh, not the shade I think you meant you know a lot of the time you need to you know do the uh, just kind of uh, in the early 80s there was a lot of uh, you know it, it, there was a lot of bravery with the special effects the things the one that sticks to the mind where it's but they're, they're so outlandish, those effects, that they can kind of get away with it, you know, just d- dip a load of Vaseline over the monster and uh, and go, go, go. But uh, here, uh, although, you know, he's obviously drooling and stuff like that, it just uh, it just doesn't quite pay off as well. And I suppose, you know, really, you could have done with a bit more shadow there. But the reason why it looks so good, you know, the, not, not talking about the monster, but the, the this film in general is really the work of Andrew Laszlo, a Hungarian. He's best known for his work on the cult film classic The Warriors, but he also earned Emmy nominations for The Man Without a Country in 73 and Shogun in 1980. Uh, Toby Hooper wanted Laszlo uh, for the cinematographer because he liked the way uh, The Warriors looked, and I think that's understandable when you think, you know, dark rooms and stuff, but also lots of uh, brightness there as well. It wouldn't be a Toby Hooper film if there hadn't been a few problems. Uh, an accident occurred during filming when a carnival ride carrying several passengers was left on for 20 minutes to half an hour. The ride is one of those spinning octopus arm jobs, and it would normally only be—it's only built to last about four minutes per ride. So the people on it were uh, yelling out real screams and vomiting by the end of it. No one was really hurt. Hooper was nearly uh, well; an assistant got hit by uh, some kind of winch system on a on a rope, which nearly completely knocked out Toby Hooper and uh, reshoots of scenes took four days due to lost film footage would have got caught up in the local Teamster war Hooper says that the film took the film took place in Miami Florida declared during what was called you know the Scarface era the film was released in 1981 with an ex certificate uncut a shortened version was released without censorship cuts by CIC in June 83. It was shown to delete some uncontentious plot. The movie was added to the DPP list of video nasties in September 84, but was dropped in June 85. A shortened version was passed 18 without cuts in 87 on CIC VHS. And the complete version was passed 15 uncut in 2007, and it obviously is still now uncut 15. Now there are lots of questions of why it was on the list. Toby Hooper's name has been suggested um, that cheesy horror opening is another one uh, and you know a, a naked girl getting tormented by a man with a knife. The association with Chainsaw Massacre is another reason too but my favourite and my feeling possibly why it was was that his association with a completely different film Last House on Dead End Street that was also being released under the title Fun, The Fun House. Now, Sun Video released at least four different versions of the film. Two cut versions under the title Last House on Dead End Street, an uncut version under the title The Last House on Dead End Street, and a cut version under the title The Fun House. Sun Video released the film on both VHS and Beta. And the catalogue number for all the versions of this film were the same, SVC234. Also, for some reason, an uncut version was released in Venezuela. 
The film had an incredibly limited release here, mainly due to the fact of how grubby and cheap looking the film is, despite the fact that it's really visceral. Although, you know, I saw a copy of it uh, just playing, just promo, without a cover, uh, be released for, be go on eBay and sell £400 about six years ago. The film itself is an exploitation horror film. Made in 73 and released sometime afterwards in the 70s. The story concerns a disgruntled man recently released from prison who takes out his anguish by making snuff films. No one knew who Victor Janos, who was, who was enlisted as director, was until Roger Watkins uh, claimed on the internet message boards in, in 2000 that he directed the film, a claim that's now been confirmed. It had a limited release and it finally got released on DVD by Barrel Entertainment as a double disc DVD set. It was also released in the UK on the Tartan label. Roger Watkins was best probably known now for Last House on Dead End Street. He also directed several porno films and works with porn, famous porn actors of the 70s like Jamie Gills and Vanessa Del Rio. He had a number of aliases to mask the fact that he basically did everything on Last House on Dead End Street. In late November 2000, a user posting on fabpress.com as Priest claimed to be the writer, producer, director and editor of the film. He claimed it was originally released as the Cuckoo Clocks of Hell in 74 and caused theatre riots in New York and Chicago. Watkins said he was high on speed while making the film and he only spent about $800 of the $3,000 budget while making it and then spent the rest on drugs. He died in March 2007. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. Remember, it's only a movie. It's fair to say that the movie Funhouse is a bit of hokey fun, a story that covers one night and people trapped in one location. Universal put a lot of faith in Hooper for this film. It was a big budget horror which it hadn't done for some time. Sadly, it didn't really capture the imagination of the public, despite being a well-made film. At the time, it probably fell, fell to one side because of the quality that Hooper was making. He was in his best patch for a side from Texas Chainsaw with Salem's Lot, the classic TV movie, and then Poltergeist. Now, I know there's a lot of stories about who actually directed Poltergeist, but let's give, uh, at this stage, Hooper some of the benefit of the doubt that he, he might not have done all of it, but at least he did some. And um, this film kind of sits in a strange place. It's more connected to his earlier work and the stuff that he'd returned back to, Freaks and, you know, and, and, and Stalk and Slash and that kind of thing. And it isn't as hysterical as, um, say, um, Texas Chainsaw. But what it is, is quite a traditional horror film. And that's to its benefit. Sweet Jesus. You didn't tell me it was Zena, the goddamn fortune teller. You really did it this time, didn't you? You killed one of the family. Damn. I told you, didn't I tell you? I don't care what you do, it's a dirty business with them locals. But I don't want you doing nothing with our kind, you understand me? Damn you. 
should have wrung your ugly neck the day you was born and been done with. Don't you ever call me that. Don't you stay in the sound of your filthy voice. Quiet now, I gotta think. I said quiet, I got to think. It'll be alright, just, just, just quiet. Better get us out of this. Let's see. It'll be alright, just, just give me time to think, will you? Just a bit of feedback again from Rob Wilson, which is fantastic to hear. Hey Chris, this posted about about Funhouse on my Facebook page, August 19, 2012. Toby Hooper directed 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of the best films. He also directed 2004's Toolbox Murders, one of the worst. 1981's The Funhouse falls in the middle. Well, slightly better than the middle. 14 stay after hours at a carnival funhouse, and they shouldn't. The gang sees something bad that goes down, and that's a good scene. The mutant who is chasing them down is wonderful, and must see baddie. The scene at 418 was gratuitous, and I'm asking you to shield your eyes. I bought a cheap Universal, four movies on two discs. I actually bought it because Phantasm 2 was part of the pack. The menu screwed up and only let me play funhouse, which is nuts. Jesus, Rob, sorry about that, mate. Well, Chris, having revisited this movie since, was thinking about the Blu-ray. I hope you mentioned the young brother busting in on his teen sister in the shower. That was a bit, a bit odd. Uh, well, cheers for that, Rob. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a bit odd. Um, it's a strange old film, anyway. I, I really, I mean, I do enjoy it. I don't, yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's, it's, you kind of respect it because it's so well made and it, it stands out. It's been a, you know, a good film. But it's not like, you know, it's not a brilliant movie. There is an element, it's, it kind of carry, it conveys tension, and it's a, it's a very, you know, a good-looking film, which I think is where a lot of people kind of go, well, you know, it's worth watching. I wouldn't say it's particularly scary, though. But, you know, in the pantheon of horror films, it's decent enough for me. Uh, yeah, and also, I think, you know, I don't know if it's on the US Netflix, but it's certainly on the UK one. Uh it's a good print. That Blu-ray is a good. That, you know that that in HD is really nice. I know that I know it's not as you know Netflix HD isn't as good as proper Blu-ray, but it still looks lovely, absolutely lovely. So if you if you really like it, I think it is definitely worth considering an upgrade for. Thanks also to a couple of people who've been chatting to quite a lot on uh, Twitter recently. Uh, that's uh, Stuart Wright, which is at Leighton Rocks. And uh, Stephen Rutledge at at Stay underscore Rutledge, who are uh, big horror fans and have kind of been giving me their thoughts throughout the uh, throughout listening. They've kind of like raced through a lot of the episodes that I've done. So uh, thanks very much for that. And uh, Stuart works on a uh, website uh, called Britflix.com as well, which is a really you know really good in depth uh, website, which goes into a lot of uh, current and new. UK productions with interviews with uh, actors and directors and uh, you know a lot of focus on the you know, technique and, and that kind of thing as well not just kind of your usual what's the film about kind of stuff it's, it is very it's very good it's very very good and, and well worth a, a, a look and, and obviously there's, there's, there's audio files on there to listen to as well 
Also a bit of feedback from uh, somebody else who's kind of uh, popped in there on my on left a comment on the website. Uh, horror on screen, which is a um, horror website, says these podcasts are a great initiative. I love Bloodbath, or should I say, Bay of Bloods, or whatever else. I think the film was actually awarded the title of movie with the most different titles. Uh, true story. I placed that film first in my top scary list of the best video nasties and he sent a link uh, so if it's uh, horroronscreen.com then I think if you search for uh, video nasties it should come up so uh, I'll take a little look at that and see what you think if you, if you agree the decisions he's made if you want to get in contact with us please do my email address is videonastiespodcast at gmail.com you can go to our website, uh, videonastiespodcast.com. Or you can see me on Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey. Next week is one of my faves, uh, a great little movie called Evil Speak. So until then, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, You've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Be ashamed of it. it. Happens to the best of us.